Hello and welcome to another episode of Casting Views, a podcast where we take a subject that interests us and, well, cast some views. I'm here with Dan. Hello. <laughs> and uh, this week's topic is the cult of celebrity. Ooh. Ooh. Now, this has kind of come about, we actually decided that we wanted to do this topic kind of a while ago, didn't we? Yeah. Um, and then something recently has actually happened in the news, kind of week just gone, um, which I'll touch on. But we'll start by kind of talking about what we mean by cult of celebrity. So kind of my definition would be basically kind of like the tendency for people to idolize celebrities, like obsessions. Yeah. Basically fanatics, if that makes sense. People that are proper like, you know, posters on the wall, create stan accounts on Twitter. <laughs> For me, it's a case of, I think we have all at some point, and may even still now, idolise a celeb for whatever reason. It could be an athlete, it could be a celebrity chef. I mean, and and I'm sure we'll touch on it nowadays, the advent of social media and those accounts have made anybody a celebrity. But yeah, it's that kind of that that line about at what point does it become an obsession? And I want to ask some questions about both sides of that relationship as well. So like the person being obsessed and the person they're obsessing over. Well, the the event that kind of happened recently, again, I don't know why I always come with the depressing stuff. However, I imagine you've probably heard Travis Scott had a concert last week. I think it was Friday. Uh, It was Astro World Festival in Houston. Um, and basically a number of people died. Um, I think there were eight people which were confirmed to have died in the crush. Um, I think ages ranging from as young as nine um, were injured. And it kind of sparked a whole online debate. And all of a sudden, I, I, if I'm being perfectly honest, my TikTok for you page has never been cram-packed with just one topic of conversation. And that topic was Travis Scott, Astro World, Astro World, Travis Scott, basically. And in the comments, you saw a lot of defense of Travis Scott um, just obviously, you know, not his fault, this, this, that. And I thought, okay, fair enough. And now I don't know a lot about Travis Scott. I'm not particularly into horrifically auto-tuned music, although by the end of this, you'll probably understand what my opinion now is of Travis Scott. Um, so I went and did a little digging um, because people in comments on these videos were talking about how he's basically incited this sort of thing previously. And I was like, oh, okay, fair enough. Um, So I went to have a look and there's a couple of instances where he's been arrested and basically charged and paid huge fines for basically making people uh, in no other words than encouraging people to do dumb shit. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So in 2015, he was arrested for disorderly conduct following his performance at Lollapalooza. Um, And basically what he did is he encouraged fans to climb over barricades during his concert. Um, And I think there are a couple of kids that were trampled. Um, he basically pled guilty to a load of charges um, and it was just like court, a court order, basically. So there's nothing serious that massively came of it. Um, in 2017, he was arrested again after a concert in Arkansas. And this was on the suspicion of starting a riot. Several people were injured and he pled guilty to disorderly conduct. He paid it like a $8,000 fine. Now, there's people that have been quoted as saying that he's built his brand off of being a rager. And that's a term that I started seeing a lot um, in comments of these TikTok videos about, you know, being a rager and you follow him because he's all about rage. And apparently Travis Scott concerts have been mad for a while. And evidently he promotes people being mad, which is evidently probably why he didn't step in to stop any chaos that was happening at his concert. 
there's actually a couple of really, really like heartbreaking videos of people like screaming to stop the show. Yeah. yeah. Evidently, I think that you know, as an artist, there was probably a level of knowing really kind of that there was something going on, and you have an opportunity to potentially stop it, and he chose not to. And again, people might have an opinion of that. However, there's uh, after this now, there's been loads of examples, and I would turn around to you and say this wouldn't happen at an Adele concert. It wouldn't happen if you were to go and watch Ed Sheeran. So why is it happening at Travis Scott concerts? And this is track record as well. It's not happening at a One Direction concert. There's a reason for it. And that's because this bloke has evidently got enough power that his fans will leap over barriers and essentially start problems that he's created and he's encouraged. And they haven't realised probably the, the, the consequence of the actions that follow. And that's ultimately what's happened. Like People have been packed into an arena or like into cages and there's basically been a crush which I think is ridiculous. But again, he's got history for it. So this is the kind of event that's kind of triggered me um, this weekend. And especially because we had this podcast scheduled for this weekend, I thought how much responsibility do celebrities as well have to take when they know that they've got so much influence over their fans? Yeah, I mean, so I'm going to put my hands up now and say, did I know the name Travis Scott? Yeah, I'd heard the name. Do I know who he is and his music? No, I didn't. Yeah, But like you, I had seen the story. I didn't want to see a couple of the videos. And when I saw them come up on TikTok, I tried to skip past them because it is, you know, ultimately, first things first, it's a horrifically tragic event. I mean, yeah, I saw, I think actually, as we're recording this, I think I saw there was a ninth person has died. Um, I'm not sure if it's because of their injuries. I saw there was a 14-year-old boy. It's it's like anything, isn't it? It's um you're going to a fun event or something that should be fun, right? Yeah. And a, a tragedy like that happens. Now the other thing I saw on on my timeline then was ironically, I you know you say One Direction, it may have been because I started seeing like loads of videos of artists then where there was something like somebody had fainted or there was crushing yeah. and they stopped it. I think there was two. I think I I think I saw a Linkin Park one. And I definitely saw a Foo Fighters one. Yeah. Now, there were a couple of others. Now, where the line is drawn, and, and again, I don't know enough about him, and but I understand he's got form. I saw a video where I think he jumped in the crowd and someone must have taken his shoe. And he's basically encouraging uh, yeah. to beat him up. Yeah, yeah. Now, again, you see a video. We've spoken about it in our social media. You see a video... Is it taken out of context? Is it in context? But from what you said and from what I think I read, I don't. I think it was absolutely slap bang in the middle of the context. Yeah. That then is where there's a line drawn, right? Because if you're then jumping in, and we'll come, we'll come some of the things I'm going to say later. If you start then jumping into the crowd and if you're hyping them up into a frenzy, I think that's what I was going to say. So you say like an Adele concert. I guess the difference being probably it's the level of the fan and if he's whipping them up into a frenzy, but it's at the level to which you do that and what you're then encouraging it to do or, or not encouraging being stopped. Yeah, yeah. Because that's the thing with me. Like He's built his whole brand off of, again, like the word rager, which just, I'm not going to lie, I, like, I'm not one for it, but that word triggers me a little bit because it's like there's literally 14-year-olds that are at your concerts, like what are you want about, but fair enough. Yeah, yeah. And it's like that whole word, and it, like he's building his brand off of his fans being mental. And like there's videos of like his fans jumping on top of like ambulances who are trying to tend to like people that have evidently been crushed or like in desperate need of aid. 
And I just think to myself, that t- that brand of celebrity has created followers that genuinely are so obsessed with him that they are trying to imitate that st- that like personality. And it's a bit like what we said, like cult of celebrity is attempting to either be so obsessed or kind of make, turning yourself into what like your celebrity idol is. And that's what you saw. But even before all of this concert stuff kicked off, there were people breaking through barricades to get in and all sorts. And I just think to myself, again, it's just like an environment that's been promoted by an artist. So I'm not going to call him an artist because he's so reliant on auto-tune. And evidently, you're going to realise, and I'm sorry to any of the Travis Scott fans out there, but recent events and obviously all of the previous that he's got makes me think that he's just a colossal bell end. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I can only... And I've tried to stay away from it, not not through anything other than, you know, it's an upsetting event. And yeah. for me, it's a case of at what point do do the fans become so obsessed that they're all, almost like, is, would it be like following commands? Is it, yeah, is it like, yeah, yeah. L- like a leader? And we won't go into all, you know, it's not necessarily under this subject of podcast. There's a few things there. There's got to be a look at, I don't know what the safety protocols, I'm not putting blame on anything at the event i think there's been history of fans where their main thing is about getting the energy out of the the fans but it's it's about at what point is there the responsibility on the artist to say do you know what probably it's a bit too far let's tone it down a little bit yeah because the thing is as well like again i didn't realize i thought that travis scott was like a you had needed to be 18 or whatever but again evidently it's like a family affair because i think even his daughter was there and had, his daughter's only like five years old or something yeah and i just thought to myself i didn't realize it was like kids that young so especially then like when you've got like kids they're so much more easily i don't want to say manipulated but manipulated is really the only word that comes to mind because you're manipulating them to be part of a brand to make it part of their lifestyle and so as a result, there has to be like a level of responsibility there because you know, like we've seen it before with celebrities. Do you look at like the frenzy that were the Beatles and like everybody that followed the Beatles touring around the world and like Elvis Presley, Michael Jackson's of the world. Like, you know that in reality, at the drop of a hat, all of your fans will be there to stand and defend you. And also the thing that's got me a little bit is the fact that there are so many people outwardly defending this brand online. And that's, to me, a little bit concerning. That's, to me, an indication of people that are so invested that they're not going to see past any kind of negative, see, see past any kind of like reasonable negative to turn around and say, well, look, he's got form for this. He's got history for it. He probably could have stepped in, but he didn't. And yet you're still defending him. You won't know this because you're not seeing, I was going to say the bit of paper, but who uses paper anymore? But you pretty much in that last five minutes taken a lot of the points or, or mentioned a lot of the, the words that I'm going to use during this one, right? And, 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 I'm sorry. No, 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 no it's fine. because We're so in tune. Yeah, yeah. What, what I mean by this is I think there, there are definite factors where we look at celebrity and cult of celebrity, right? And manipulation, that's a word I've got in here, right? I'm going to jump to one of the things actually you mentioned. And I was saying to my girlfriend last night was that, you know, when I was I was thinking about some things, we allow or do we allow and why do we allow celebrities to get away with things that the normal person in the street would find it tough to either come back from yeah. or without being punished? Now, it's not just him. There's there's loads of things. I mean, the rock stars of old, it was almost like if they weren't taking drugs or there wasn't a drug story attached to them, they, they weren't rock and roll. 
the stories about artists smashing hotel rooms and chucking TVs out window, TV out windows. There was a famous one. I think it's been debunked, but about the Beatles taking drugs in Buckingham Palace, so the toilet yeah. at Buckingham Palace, and we see it all the time. Like Mr. Meaners, like drinking under, uh, drinking under the influence, driving under the the influence. But they come back. If it was Joe Bloggs on the street that was caught with some drugs in their pocket, I don't think they'd be then on the cover of a magazine or or out promoting an album the next day. Selling out world tours, yeah, yeah. Sports, I think, is one of the biggest ones, right? So it's almost like sports people can do what they want and as long as they're in like that top tier, they will will still have a... Because the fans want to see the player. So it's almost like they can kind of get away with a lot of things. Yeah. Do you know what? Sorry, I've got to bring in a really good football example because it's one that I saw recently and this can kind of... You can use this example because it kind of translates across whatever kind of celebrity industry, whether it be acting, music, whatever it is. So do you remember years ago, and again, for any of our viewers, I'm about to talk about football or soccer. <laughs> so for, any of, for, any, for anyone that remembers, do you remember um, Luis Suarez was banned uh, yeah. by Liverpool for racially abusing Patrice Evra? Yeah, yeah. Now, I don't know if you remember at the time, but all of the Liverpool players came out in support of Luis Suarez at the time. They kind of backed him and they turned around and said, no, nah, I didn't do it, this, 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 and maintained it. Jamie Carragher is obviously a pundit on Sky Sports um, at the minute and there was something that went up um, and I watched it. It was an interview with him talking about racism in football and he said that they got it wrong at the time. He said we shouldn't have really done what we did. We shouldn't have backed him because in reality, we probably knew he was in the wrong, which he was, obviously. And then Jamie Carragher turned around and said, he was just like, but this is the thing. When will a football club ever take an action against a footballer like Luis Suarez? Because you have to remember, he is such a draw. He is such a moneymaker. He's so valuable as a person, as a brand. You can't punish him because where you punish him and decide to get rid of him, someone else will pick him up and benefit from it. And that's kind of what you see, like transition between industries. I mean, if you look, like there were even still supporters of bloody R. Kelly outside of his court hearings screaming about his case as well. It's mad to think the level that people are willing to accept. And I'm not one for cancel culture as well, but there are some things where you're just like, should the organisation have backed you there? Like, should Liverpool Football Club have turned around and not taken any action? John Terry with the whole racism row with um, Anton Ferdinand, wasn't it? Well, John Um, John Terry's... Is is upset a lot of people. He's played well, yeah, for various true, yeah. reasons. He's, 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 sorry to offend all the Chelsea fans, but I'm going to go on a tear today because he's a colossal prick as well. <laughs> but not even that, you know. So so obviously the the racism, yeah. And and I think if it happened now, I'd like to think it would have a much bigger impact, and it yeah. would be a different follow up. You know, I'm even thinking though of of you know how many footballers have we seen get behind the wheel and have either sped and and wrecked a car and crashed into someone else, or been drink driving, wrecked a car, and and they'll be playing. You know, there might be a game that they're probably not playing. The club speak to them, but to be fair, they're, they're probably getting some treatment, maybe for some bruises or or something. Yeah, yeah. Or, or it's um, what's the word? Like if they're punished, it's more of a it's a symbolic punishment, I think, rather than anything meaningful. But they are committing acts that you know any one of us we'd you know we'd lose our driving license. But so what well, to a footballer? Because again, they'll, they'll get what? a chauffeur given to them. Yeah. Do you know what another good example is? Do you remember it was before the Euros? Jack Grealish crashed his car while he broke lockdown rules in the UK. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah, he crashed yeah, his Range yeah. Rover like three times, and then all of a sudden, Golden Boy of the Euros. Don't worry, that's absolutely fine. And it's just like you know what? Like the, the average person in the street's probably going to prison for that. Yeah, like, yeah. It just it's... oh, and I can't remember. I can't remember the full story, right? But 
like there were so many footballers who were breaking lockdown rules. But like the Leicester team had a party in the house, one of the house. And then I think the manager got wind, went round and they were all hiding when he knocked on the door like <laughs> like kids. But it's like, yeah. And the thing is, it sounds funny when we say that. In the end, fans couldn't go to watch them. Yeah, yeah. They were paying at the time. Do you remember there was a, they were trying to make us pay £15 a game. Oh god, a game to watch. Then, yeah, yeah. And then that got quickly scrapped. It's almost like they're they're making fun of the people that are supporting them. But then yeah. football fans won't see that because as long as they go out the pitch and win the next game or beat their, their rivals, it's all forgotten. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. It's almost like we give them a leeway because as long as they do the next good thing that we, we like them for, like the next hit album, do the next tour, score that next goal. Well, so what? That's what it yeah, seems yeah. like. And this is the thing. That's what I think that that's why, like the whole celebrity obsession thing, it, it allows people to, as a collective, get away with shitty behaviour. Because I think that people that are obsessed with celebrities feel like they need to live into a particular lifestyle, like we've seen a lot of the time with musicians, like a lot of fans that that go to shows, go to concerts, adopt a style that is similar, whether it be fashion sense, you know, whatever it is, to like be in tune with their idols because they want to live that lifestyle. And so as a result, I think we give a bit of like a leeway to celebs for behaving in a shit way. And then also that comes with it is the fans kind of also get a little bit of a leeway. Like people at that concert, if it was me seeing a bloke, sorry, I'm going to bring up Travis Scott. I promise I'll leave him alone after this. But it's like there was a guy dancing on top of an ambulance. If I'm at that concert and I see a guy dancing on top of an ambulance, I'm dragging him off and I'm parking my right hand in his jaw. There's absolutely no way he's getting away with that. But evidently no one stood around him, thought that was an issue. Um, maybe they did sorry that's a wrong thing to say maybe yeah, they did yeah. but what I'm saying is do you know what I mean nobody proactively turned around people just accepted it as behaviour that you just expect when you're there which is mental to me and that's what I can't get on board with and you said it yourself so like one of one of the things you mentioned was you, you mentioned like the Beatles now I was kind of looking at various articles about sort of celebrity infatuation I think you said it right you said at the start about standing someone or standing something yeah and uh, what i love about that the irony is is i think it did come from eminem's song didn't it i, I think did. it did uh, you know what i actually didn't know that because <laughs> that was all about a super fan going crazy trying to get oh to yeah, him, wasn't yeah, it? yeah even the fact that now that is a word we use to say oh i love that celebrity or even i love that comic relationship it's born out of quite a violent and dark yeah story yeah yeah the funny thing is is you know like we're saying it isn't new and i think i read somewhere saying that even in the 19th century we had it so you you mentioned beatlemania and we've all seen the videos of that right yeah but even sinatra i I didn't know this but he um he was given a nickname swoonatra because of all the uh it said there's not to all the female fans who would faint at his concert there has been and there always will be a like an, an obsession fascination but what what I was trying to work out in my head is has the reasoning for that changed let me put it to you and obviously I'm no psychologist or anything but I was thinking about this and, and looking at the days of like oh don't forget Elvis as well but even that you know think about it there were so many like Tom Jones yeah, you know, the, the, yeah. the Stones and I was thinking, was it that back then those celebrities weren't as accessible as they are now? So, so what I mean is, you say it was Elvis, you bought the album, you you heard him on the radio, possibly saw him on the TV, and if he toured, you maybe you were lucky to see him. But 
We mentioned in a few weeks back, well, especially in England, we only had three channels up until a certain point. You didn't have wall-to-wall TV, 20, you know, 200 <laughs> TV channels. You know, we didn't have smartphone. We didn't have the internet, or they didn't have the internet. So, so what I'm thinking is, was the obsession because you you just didn't see them? So when you had the opportunity to see them, it was like your dream come true because you were seeing yeah those people you worship. Is it now different because you could go on the internet and I don't know? Let's choose Lady Gaga. You could yeah. probably find every intimate detail about her life. And it's like, do you think you know that person now? So has the obsession changed from just adoring a celebrity, an artist, and knowing that you'll probably never see them, and if you do, you'll go absolutely crazy, to, I know that person. I feel like I know that person because I, I see them on the internet all the time. I, I, I look at them on my TV, then when I'm, on my, when I'm out on my phone, I can watch their videos. Do you know what I mean? You're just wall-to-wall yeah. data on that person. Yeah. Well, you know what? I, I don't know if you've got any. I had a couple of examples of people, um, specific specific instances of like obsessed fans. And I think this kind of links to your point because I agree that obsessions with celebrities are changing. And it's kind of similar, kind of linking to what you said. I think that now they're changing. So whereas before when you looked at the Beatles who were kind of active from the 60s, weren't they? Um, and yeah, then yeah. Sinatra, oh God, Sinatra would have probably been like, a bit before. Let's say a bit before, on. yeah. Yeah, it would have been like the 40s onwards. I agree. I think that people were more gobsmacked, awestruck, amazed by seeing that person in real life. Whereas now, I think the type of celebrity obsession that you start to see now is almost like an entitlement to that celebrity. And that's because you get access to every intimate detail about their life. You see them on your phone. You know where they go on holiday. You know where they shop. You know what their kids are eating for dinner because this is this this is the level that you get to see of these people's yeah. lives yeah, yeah yeah and i think nowadays when you look at celebrity celebrity obsession i think fans are more entitled to feel like they are a part of that person's life and as such have a more intimate obsession so it's more of a crazy obsession as opposed to an awestruck one it's more like when I see you, you should give me a photo because I follow you and I see everything that you post. You should. Are you looking through your screen onto mine? Because, yeah, <laughs> I, no, because I've literally, I've literally got a line here, just a one line of saying, do people think celebrities owe them something? Yeah, but and, yeah, yeah, no, exactly. No, I absolutely agree with you. No, no, I, I think I do. And we've seen it so many times. How, how often do you see it where they say, oh, I bumped into so-and-so, didn't want to sign or, got, or, or swore at someone. Now, Okay, acting shitty to someone is is shitty. In my view, I'd love to know. Imagine you're you're on your trajectory to becoming that mega superstar, like a DiCaprio or an Adele, Adele or Madonna, or, or uh, you know Ronaldo. At what point does your life then not ultimately become your own anymore? Yeah, and yeah. by that, where it starts getting micromanaged, and then when could you imagine? If everywhere you go, people are just constantly coming up to you. Now, I know some celebrities love that and, and it is, is nice. But at some point, like you've seen them when they're chasing people, when they're having meals with their family or they're in the bloody toilets. And you think at some point the snap is going to happen. I, I don't know if you remember, but do you remember Bjork? And when she was going through the airport, I can't remember where she landed. And she was surrounded oh, by the photographers yeah, she just yeah. launched herself one now you could see it it just felt like that was built up built up built up and it was just an unleashing of of stress and and anger and i, and I was thinking oh you know if, if if you see people i've bought your album you owe me i pay your wages and in my head it's like no you may think that 
And we see it all the time with footballers, you know, where, where they say we, we are the club, the, the supporters of the club. It's like, no, the footballers are going to play football. We've seen it with COVID. The footballers are going to play football, whether there are fans in the stadium or not. That's their job. Right? Yeah, and the money's yeah. always going to come in, right? Yeah. You could, you could close the stadiums. And as long as you're, you're, you're airing that, you can pay for it in, around the world. Money will be made. But ultimately, what does a celebrity owe you? Because they've recorded an album, you've bought it. So they've provided you the material, you've paid for it. Surely that's where it ends. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, no, all I was going to say is I get that there has to be some schmoozing and publicity to keep up yeah. the sales. Yeah, like I, I agree. I think now people want to claim their bit. If they see a celebrity, it's like, you must talk to me because I buy your albums, I watch your films. Yeah, so yeah. you must know me. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the thing. Like, it'd be a bit strange, for instance, like if you're paying for any other service, like you go to Sainsbury's, you do your shop, you spend, I don't know, 80 quid or whatever it might be. And all of a sudden, you just ask the cashier for a picture because it's like, well, hang on a minute. I've contributed to your wages because I've shopped here. So can I have a... Like, it, when you look at it in any other context other than somebody in the public eye, it is a little bit weird, really, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, I, I think there was an experiment that was done, Do you know, with Cristiano Ronaldo. They sat down <laughs> yes, with him yeah. in a cafe and they basically said how many, like, sips of coffee comparatively to how many photos he would have. And I can't remember. It was something like he had four sips from his drink before he finished it. And like he'd had 120 photographs taken of him. Like at that point, you must think, I know that obviously when you see a super famous person, you're going to, you know, want a picture, whatever it might be. But it's true, like what you said earlier, like celebrities almost get like lambasted if they're seen to be even remotely a little bit disinterested. So I remember Justin Bieber went through a period of like not hugging or like having photos with any fans because he was pissed off with the press, with fans swarming his house. And then there was like one, I think I saw a video recently where like a load of Justin Bieber fans have camped outside of his house or his apartment. And he was just like, look, I really appreciate you, but I live here. This is my house. And then he's telling everybody this really deep shit about how he doesn't want to be bothered because this is the place that he lives. And a girl in the in the crowd still waiting outside of his house goes, yeah, but can I have a photo? I'm yeah, like, oh yeah. my God. And that's the thing, right? And I get, I get that some of them don't mind and they will give their time. And it, it is brilliant. And if that's what they want to do, if I bumped into a celebrity I really liked, would I be upset if they gave me the cold shoulder? Yeah, of course I would. I think I would. But I think in the end, there's a point where... Right, where have I bumped that into that celebrity in a restaurant? Why am I there? Because I want to have a meal with someone. Yeah, Why are they yeah. there? Because they're, they want to have a meal with their family. It's almost like when you're at work, it, well, it, it doesn't really translate for us, but imagine what you do if you had fans for doing what you were doing. You know, if they yeah. come to do it when you're at work, well, that's one thing. But then if they mob you for what you're doing at home. I once did bump into someone I really love. <laughs> I know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. No, no. And the only reason I'm mentioning this is so, and I'm going to mention the brother of this person again later. It was on holiday in a bar and Noel Gallagher was there, right? This, <laughs> so this was years ago. And the only reason I'm saying this is because at the time, I, I mean, I still do, but I, I was, well, you know, I was a massive fan of Oasis, right? Absolutely massive fan. And I remember... This was in the day of the Walkmans still, bringing on holiday with me, Walkman, and I had the Oasis albums. And anyway, I made some friends with some other British teenagers in the hotel we were at. We went out for a drinking, uh, out for a drink. The guy goes to me, oh, he goes, do you like Oasis? I said, yeah. He goes, that guy looks just like it, the guy from it. And 
I turn around expecting it to to look absolutely nothing like whoever it was supposed to be. I turn around and said, that's bloody old Gallagher, isn't it? <laughs> and and so <laughs> he was there having a drink and we were trying to sneak pictures and we were pointing and I could see he was kind of looking. And at one point I thought, this is kind of out of order, really. You know, he's, uh, <laughs> he's just sitting there having a drink and he got us all pointing. And then the people wanted to leave. And I said, no, I'm not leaving without at least going. So I went over and said, look, I'm really sorry. I actually, I think I actually apologized. I said, sorry, point. But I said, you are him. He said, he said, yeah. And I actually sat down, had a drink with him and, and had a photo. And I, and I was thinking, now, if he'd have said, no, can you get away? I think I would have, yeah, part of me would have been gutted. But then, I was, you know, in the end, he was just there with his girlfriend having a yeah, drink. having a drink. Do you know what's funny is like, imagine if you'd have said, you, you, you said that you said to him, are you him? Imagine if you'd have just gone, no. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what do you say to that? I mean, even if it wasn't <laughs> you, him. You would have just been like, oh, all right. <laughs> if it wasn't him, he'd say it would be him. I mean, I remember then getting back and he, he signed something for me and I was checking his signature and things online. I mean, <laughs> you know, that, that is, I mean, I, I wasn't obsessed at all. <laughs> I guess that's, that's what I'd love to know is that almost at what point, does your life not become your life and does it get handed over to social media people, right? And it's micromanaged. Now, you said a word earlier, right? You said manipulation. And I've got a couple of things I want to throw at you here and say nowadays, and and I'm sure it did happen before, you know, you you hear all the stories about, oh, this artist was told to make sure you you don't say you're married or you've got a girlfriend because we want to make you look attainable. Do, do you know what I mean? There were those yeah, rumors yeah, and, yeah. And, and things like that. Now, I do wonder if the obsession now, if if the fans are just purely being manipulated. Now, these are going to be sport related again and football. Sorry, everyone, but it's going to be football now. Or oh, soccer. Do you remember <laughs> um, Victor Anachibi? Oh, yeah, yeah. Victor Anachibi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so he, he played for a few English clubs, didn't he? And and I found it and I remembered this. Now, there may I think there are others. But I had one in my mind, right? And I found it. Now, I think it was from 2016. But there's a tweet, and I've got it on here, and I can send it to you after, right? The tweet is obviously him, at Victor Anachibi. And the tweet is, can you tweet something like, unbelievable support yesterday and great effort by the lads. Hard result to take, but we go again. So basically, (laughs) that's come from his agent or the club's (laughs) social department for him to alter but he's just posted that out. So then that makes you think, right, how many tweets from other sports stars are actually real? And I'll, I'll hand over to you in a second. But, you know, um, we've seen recently, like, Man United are going through a bad patch. Yeah. Was it when Fernandez missed a penalty? Didn't he, he release, like, about a, a 2,000-word apology, I think, yeah, on yeah. social media? And even now, when when a team loses, it's almost like especially after I think what happened with the, the Super League thing, it's like we've got to quickly get the apology out to show damage how humble... Control, damage yeah. control. Yeah, one more. I will I'll send one more. Did you hear this week about the... or the outrage about the Man United social media guy as well? Oh, no, I've not heard this. So, again, this doesn't, in and of itself, isn't horrifically bad, but, again, it just shows how we are potentially being manipulated. So there was a... I think he was, he's one of the club's media higher-ups. And he was explaining what they do to for the players. And it's basically, he said, his team prepare reports for each United player twice a day through the analysis of fan sentiment charts. So basically, they see how the player is and then they work with that player to counter the story. So, so in the end, basically, the, the output from these players, is it just a reaction to what, 
people are currently saying about them, and that's not what that player is actually wanting to say. Well, I think it happened as recently as like England qualifiers for the um, World Cup last year. No, last year, next year. Uh, wow, <laughs> next year. <laughs> because do you remember when they drew to po- I think it was Poland one one. I think it finished. Poland scored like a last minute equaliser or something. Then all of a sudden, all of the England footballer accounts all tweeted basically exactly the same sentence. It was like, yeah, you can copy my homework, but don't make it obvious. And then it was yeah, literally just yeah. a copy pasted thing because they're all managed by the same agency. And it does make you think like, are you, are you just being, it, this is the, this is what I mean. Like ultimately it's just a bit of like a manipulation really in it to make fans just go along with it. Be like, oh my God, they're really disappointed, but it's okay because they're going to work hard for me next game. So in reality, like, these, these footballers, these actors, these like musicians don't really give a fuck about you. <laughs> I wouldn't necessarily say that. So I think they they probably do think about the fans, but I <laughs> from think from the perspective they're... of finance. Well, yeah, no, no, but that's what I was going to say. I think they're almost now told what to think about the fans. I think there's an amazing subject in here, but yeah, you think about the work then that goes into someone is analysing social media reactions, fan sentiment charts. I mean, that's a brilliant statement and they are analysing it and saying, right, Lucio, people are happy about this part of you, but unhappy about this part. So we're going to big up that one and we need to hide that a little bit. And and so it's like, it's a, it's a real life uh, soap opera. Do, do, do you see yeah, what I'm saying? It's yeah. a science. It's a science. I see. And I just think that's a little bit weird because again, I feel like that's an element of your life that you can control, but you choose to hand over. But in reality, when you look at like your social media presence, and this is why something like James Blunt, for instance, is brilliant because his like Twitter account is basically just like self like depreciative humor, basically. But you know, yeah. it's him a bit, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, a bit like Elon Musk. You know that Elon Musk is the one sitting behind the tweet button. And that feels like that's one, like your social media life is one of the only bits of your life that you can control because irrespective, you can turn your computer off. Whereas when you go and sit down for dinner, people will recognize you. They will ask for photos. You can't pop to the shops because people will recognize you and will ask for photos. So it seems a bit weird to me that sometimes celebrities hand off their social media responsibilities because it's almost like the one thing that you do have full control over yeah i agree but does that then make them even more relatable and make you think they are going to be like that then if you if you see them that that well you chat all the time to us on on twitter is there a danger of that i i I, I don't know like i said i just think it's fascinating even from the fact that nowadays every photo opportunity is carefully tailored so you know that bottle of water or or soda that that celebrity is holding they're not just happen to be holding that yeah yeah do, do, do you know what i mean and now you find how how untrusting am i of just a photo shoot now especially if they're if they're walking along a beach it's fine but yeah if they're if they're eating something or they're they're, they're holding a drink it's like well did i actually want to drink that drink or afterwards are they literally chucking it out in the sand or, or chucking it on the ground because they can't stand it <laughs> So, so to me, there's nothing worse than seeing, you know, the F1 drivers with like cans of Red Bull and cans of Monster because, you know, 100 percent they don't drink that shit. Let's be honest. Well, the Ronaldo thing in the Euros. Oh, yeah. The Ronaldo with the Coke. Paul Pogba did the same thing with the um, Heineken, didn't he? Um, and he got rid of the Heineken. Do you remember that, that? See, that's a. I like that. That's an instance of celebrities taking back control of their lives. <laughs> Oh, oh, God, yeah. See, this is a thing, right? And, and now I'm remembering things I wanted to say. The, the effect also that they have on people, right? So not just about them being 
obsessed or, or obsessed probably is the wrong word because a lot of people are probably just interested right you know you can't say obsession for everyone but the coke one is interesting because ronaldo wiped off how much of the share value like from coke quid, I think. yeah yeah <laughs> how many times have we seen if somebody says they don't like something then people will say right well i don't like that it's almost like you have to be exactly like the person you adore yeah, yeah. Oh, God, wasn't it? You know what? There's a really good example. I'm pretty sure. Wasn't it Kylie Jenner with Snapchat where she turned around and I think she sent a tweet that said something along the lines of, um, I don't get why anybody still uses Snapchat. It was something along those lines. And immediately that was it. Snapchat shares plummeted through the floor. And then I think she ended up putting a retraction out, probably because she was worried <laughs> about getting sued by some company. But yeah. Or, I think or, it was or Kylie, agent you know, reminded her she had a contract yeah, or, Snapchat. Her agent's <laughs> just like, yeah, uh, you do know you're contracted to post eight posts on uh, Snapchat over the course of the next week. So the, uh, Snapchat, the Snapchat guy's probably ripping up the contract as she's saying yeah. that. But you know what, though, as well, do you know what's something else that I kind of wanted to touch on? So you as well just said it's not fair to say that everybody's obsessed because most people are just interested, which I agree with. But at what point do you think being a fan of a celebrity goes from being a fan to being obsessed? So I had a couple of instances of real world situations with not very nice endings, basically. Um, Two of them I'm pretty certain that you will have heard heard of. Um, So the first one is Rebecca Schaefer. Name rings a bell. Name ring a bell. Yeah. She was basically an actress um, in the 80s. Uh, she was in the program My Sister Sam. Um, basically, she'd been stalked for like three years prior to her death by, I'm not going to mention names of any of the abhorrent people in these because I don't believe in giving them any celebrity, like, you know. Airtime. Yeah, airtime. I don't want to give them airtime, yeah. Um, but basically, she'd been stalked for three years this person had written a load of letters to her and one of them she actually responded to but that's obviously not uncommon at the time in the 80s people did respond to fan mail because that's how it got sent to you there's no other way of doing it this person had traveled to los angeles hoping to meet with her on one of the sets for my sister sam but she was turned away he would this person was turned away by security at the warner Brothers studios Mm. they then returned a month later um, and they came armed with a knife this time so obviously starting to get a little bit concerning and again, guards prevented him from accessing the premises, basically. Now, this um, stalker had then seen Rebecca Schaefer on the comedy scenes from the class struggle in Beverly Hills. And she appeared in bed with another actor. And apparently it sent this bloke into such a rage and apparently obviously out of jealousy that he decided that she basically should be punished for being on screen in bed with another man which in and of itself is, again, pretty mental. Um, this person hired a private detective company to find out her address by like looking at records in the DMV and then found her address. Um, he basically had travelled to her home address, had knocked at the door, and because she was expecting a script, funnily enough, to be delivered that day, she answered it. Um, he showed her a letter that and an autograph that she'd sent him and that sort of thing. And basically she said, don't go away, don't come back. Apparently, this person then went to have something to eat, came back, knocked on her door again. She answered, and he literally just shot her in the chest in the doorway of her property. And I just think to myself, that is something that's probably progressed over... Again, in a a really sick and twisted way, it's a bit Stan-like, isn't it? Because it's where, how does it start? It started because, okay, it's fan mail. Then all of a sudden, it's a response, which has triggered even more interest. Then it's like, you're more invested in this person's life. You want to meet them. Then when you realize you can't meet them because you believe you're entitled to that celebrity, it drives you to the point of, well, that celebrity should be mine. My life is their life. 
And that's the point at where this, but obviously it's not an excuse for the behaviour, but that's, I think, the, the process of getting there almost. There is something called celebrity worship syndrome, and it is classed as an obsessive addictive disorder. And, and I do think there's a couple of elements. I think there are probably some people that do almost have like an addictive personality. There are probably yeah. some people that can't differentiate between the fact or fiction. There's probably also some people that have got something missing in their life. And I don't mean that in an I don't mean that in a in a patronizing way, but it could be the reason why they latch onto a certain celebrity or could be because of what they've got missing in their life. Yeah. And it then transcends the, oh, I'm just a fan and I'm gonna buy every album of yours to the you are that person in my life or you are that thing that is missing in my life and now you've disrespected me or now you've you've upset me do do you know what I mean but there's got to be yeah when it crosses that level there's more to it than just celebrity worship I think yeah yeah you said you had another one did you so yeah the next well I had one that was again kind of a bit before my time and obviously you're going to know this one because it's John Lennon oh yeah yeah and this is in 1980 and from what I understand is the fan I'm not going to actually I'm not going to call them fan the person was basically waiting for John Lennon and Yoko Ono John Lennon's partner outside of their property um, I think they'd signed an autograph as well. John Lennon had signed an autograph for this person. And then on the way back from dinner, he was still there. Um, and he's basically just pulled a gun out and shot John Lennon. Now, obviously, if you look at the similarities between John Lennon and the bloke who shot him, obviously, I don't know if this person's evidently styled himself on John Lennon, but there's a similarity in the way that they dress and the way that they look and that sort of thing. And again, that's obviously a really hugely famous example, probably the most famous, I think. And then I had one that was a little bit more recent. I don't know if you know about this. Does the name Christina Grimmy ring a bell to you? No, I'm going to say probably not. Um, She was basically a singer. She was only 22 and she had performances on like The Voice. I think she'd done a little bit of YouTube work and she had some stuff to do with the Teen Choice Awards for a load of stuff that she'd done as well. And she had actually had a concert and basically after the concert, she was shot at like a fan meet and greet by some crazed stalker. Um, and this person had basically changed their appearance. He was described by friends as basically being infatuated, would play like YouTube videos of her constantly on loop, that sort of thing. Um, and nobody realised that he'd brought two guns and two loaded magazines into the venue. And he basically shot her dead. And I, I just think to myself, like, again, it, the conversation that I was having in my head is like, what at what point does, is like, is that somebody that has a disorder or is that just obsession gone too far? That that's kind of the. the I think there's got to be a bit of both. Mind. I think there's got to be a bit of both, and and like I said, you know, there's there has to be an element of not differentiating the fact from the fiction, if you if you know what I mean. And, and you know, she was a singer, so I don't mean the fiction in in terms of she, you know, she was acting some something out. It's more that you know the performances are are that it's a performance. I like my nerddom. I think we mentioned that. And I've, I've been to quite a few of the Comic-Cons here, right? And there was one, there was a, I probably won't mention the name, but I had um, I, I had a picture with one of the celebrities, right? And she seemed a bit off. And, and I don't mean she, she was horrible. absolutely lovely. I had the photo, but I saw as I was queuing up, unlike some of the others, wasn't talking to the people or interacting necessarily with all the people. Yeah. And I was thinking, well, probably you know it's a two-day event or three-day event probably shattered i then went home and i started reading 
the reason why she was off and wasn't necessarily interacting is some bloke had gone up to her and said some really, really vulgar things. And I'm like, at what point do you think that's normal to even say that to someone normally, let alone saying something, you know, quite insulting and quite disgusting. So to us, there's, there's 200 people in that line, say, seeing a celebrity, the same person, the person who plays that, that character in the soap opera, the person who's singing the concert. But to that person, he or she is seeing 200 different faces that they don't know. And after a, an encounter like that, who knows what that next person is going to try to do or say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I try to put my head, you know, put myself into those eyes and think, could you imagine that? A queue of like two, 300 people and they all want a bit of you? Yeah, yeah. The one thing I did want to say is, are we almost going to see this worsen because COVID has taken a lot of things away from us and have people become more headfirst into just seeing things online and researching things? And, and do you know what I mean? Like we, we are having to live through people almost on the internet, especially with lockdown. We, when we had lockdown after lockdown, concerts have been taken away, you know, gatherings have been have gone is there something are are we going to see this almost increase because for so long we've not had the ability to do the things we had before and so now we're finding it in our entertainment i i don't know i'm i'm wondering if it's if it's building up to be more of that like could the travis scott thing have been because it hadn't happened for a while i don't know I don't know. Yeah, I think it only does get worse in reality. And that's also kind of part to do with social media. When you look at it now, I think that celebrities have, as a result of COVID, for instance, you look at musicians, and this is the thing, I mean, to be honest, if I'm being perfectly honest, I just thought that Travis Scott was the bloke that did a concert in Fortnite. Um, you can mean that sentence <laughs> to anybody that's listening. Um, but, but I think it's going to get worse. And that's because... I think over COVID period as well, celebrities have shared more and more and more over social media, people doing shows on the internet. So you've had so much exposure through your phone and this person has been so accessible to you. I think it creates what is a little bit more of an unhealthy obsession. Like that person, the the person that you met at that Comic-Con, that the fan that's walked up to her, he's turned around and said this vulgar, abhorrent shit to this person. And you think to yourself, okay, right, He's not necessarily going to get in trouble for what he said to me, but what's the next step where he does get in trouble? And that's kind of the way that I feel it's a bit, it's it's going to get worse in the fact of a lot of people have so many celebrities. If you idolise a celebrity, they're at your fingertips all the time. And now when you're coming out of this, if you did see that celebrity in person, would it drive you nuts? Actually, and you've reminded me to go back to that because no, almost, it's not the worst thing. The worst thing is the idiot who said those horrible things, right? But then when I was looking this up, there was loads of comments like, oh, she was awful. She didn't want to say hello. No, I can't. I, I'd never yeah. I'd never want to see her again. I don't want to watch her programs. So she was being slated because the the natural thing for her was probably a defense mechanism of, right. So, like I said, she was absolutely, I'm not saying that the photo wasn't great or that the photo she was doing wasn't great. And she wasn't, she wasn't being horrible, but her defense, because she, of that made other people think say things nasty things to her online which weren't true and if they'd have known that do do, do you see what i mean so it's a horrible it's a horrible cycle and and the mentality that we're at that again it goes back to what you were saying is like why why aren't they being nice to me why aren't they 
why aren't they talking to me why aren't they being nice to me and it's it's there's a story everyone's got there's a story behind everything yeah um and do you know what i actually stumbled upon a really cool little bit of research regarding celebrity stalkers and it was actually based on some research done by like a clinical psychiatrist works in england for the nhs and what they did is they'd um done research of like variations of stalkers when it comes to celebrities so i'll read through them because again i think that uh, it, it kind of each I'll start by reading through them anyway, and then we'll talk about them yeah, afterwards, because yeah, yeah. I forgot what I was going to say then, and that was fucking embarrassing. <laughs> However... We've all done it. We've all done yeah, it. Yeah, we, we have, but we can keep that in. It's fine. <laughs> so the first type is rejected, and that's somebody who knew or had a previous association or relationship with the public figure. Um, so that's somebody who's obsessed, who is either a former friend, colleague, that sort of thing, that then gets uh, an obsession that way. The next is resentful, and this is the most common type, and this is expecting some kind of response or assistance and doesn't get it. And that's kind of similar to what you've just said, I think. That's people that are expecting something, don't quite get it, and then become resentful of the celebrity yeah, for yeah. that. Um, the next one is an intimacy seeker, and this is described as being usually delusional, but may be merely fixated they believe they are entitled to or already have a relationship with the target and i think this i can't i'm going to offend so many people i'm so sorry but this is kind of more to me like you know like your stan accounts where they're dedicated and they're posting pictures of celebrities with love hearts all around them or Mm, your people mm. that used to have your full length cardboard cutouts of celebs but actually, sorry, I'll come back to it. There was something you're going to defend you having no, no, a no, no. cut out of it. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't. I wasn't going to defend that. But I, there was a couple of fun things I was going to bring up later. The next one is a help seeker, um, and that's basically described as not yet being the resentful type, but may become so, desperate and seeking help for some problem in their lives. Um, so I think that, again, maybe that's like a fulfillment of like satisfaction of meeting someone, and then not quite getting there. Um, the next one is an incompetent suitor attempting to woo their target with inept and increasingly disturbing courtship acts. So I think now you might know a bit better than me because again, a bit before my time, um, there was a guy who attempted to assassinate a president. Was it Ronald Reagan? And wasn't it because now, if I remember rightly, wasn't it because they were trying to impress an actress? And I'm pretty sure it was Jodie Foster. It rings a bell. It rings. The story of that rings a bell, yeah. Whether I'm it was related certain, to that, yeah. Yeah, I'm pretty certain there was an attempt on a president. I'm pretty sure the president was Reagan, and I'm pretty sure that the intention behind it was some convoluted, twisted plan to make Jodie Foster fall in love with them. But anyway, that's the kind of example that I've got with that one. I've got um, predatory, and this is the least common, and this is conducting secret surveillance and developing plans for sexual assault. That kind of triggers me with the... Um, Schaefer one that we talked about earlier um, because that's really the kind of similar style that the person basically stalked her with attention seekers and this is seeking personal fame um, via a relationship with the target or maybe attempting to enlist the celebrity to help promote some cause so I guess this is probably when celebrities get inundated with like help me because of this or support this charity or support this cause or you should be doing this and then the final one is chaotic and this is Wilson et al. This is actually psychologists as well defining this. Described this type as being so floridly psychotic that it's impossible to determine their motivations. And so that must right. be your level where it's going out, picking a gun up, murdering a celebrity, basically, because you're so infatuated. Because it's true, when you look at any of these instances in which celebrities have been harmed by stalkers, they're 
there doesn't really seem to be a proper motive. Like with the Christina Grimmie one, yeah, okay, this person's had work done to make themselves look more attractive, apparently. They're really infatuated. But what is the motivation behind shooting her? It, it just makes no sense to me. It should be a fan artist relationship. That should be it. There should be nothing that you shouldn't be, you know, obviously that is extremely tragic. To the example I gave where someone verbally abused a celebrity, that shouldn't, that shouldn't be allowed anyway. You, you wouldn't yeah, want it yeah. to happen to you on the street. It should, wh- yeah. wh- why do we think it's, it's okay? Why did that person think it was okay for that? I just wanted to go back. I, I did find out because what you said did ring a bell. It was Reagan. Basically, it was to impress her because he was obsessed. And, and now it's all come back when I've seen it, obviously, in front of me. He was obsessed with Taxi Driver, the film. Oh, yeah. Right, and that's in it. That, <laughs> and in that, he plots to... Uh, De Niro's character attempts to assassinate a presidential candidate. And because he was unable to get any contact with Foster, he, he fantasized about doing many things to get her attention and then eventually settled on a scheme to oppress her by assassinating the president and that thinking that by achieving a place in history he would appeal to her as an equal. And at first he he trailed Jimmy Carter from state to state and was arrested. Penniless he returned home. Despite psychiatric treatment for depression, his mental health did not improve and he began to target the newly elected president Ronald Reagan in 81. And for this purpose he collected material on the assassination of John F. Kennedy. And just before his attempt to assassinate Reagan, he wrote a a note to Foster, Jodie Foster, and it said, over the past seven months, I've left you dozens of poems and love messages in the faint hope that you could develop an interest in me. Although we talked on the phone a couple of times, I never had the nerve to simply approach you and introduce myself. The reason I'm going ahead with this attempt now is because I cannot wait any longer to impress you. (laughs) What the fuck? So that's a definite blurring of the line, isn't it there? But but that's what I'm saying. It must be, you know, now as a celebrity, when these things happen, they they tread a fine line between one, there's there's whole we've we've said it ourselves, there's a whole amount who probably really do want to to meet the fans and mix with the yeah. fans. I'm sure a lot of them do. Then there's the ones who who probably do but are afraid of it. And then when things like this happen, like like I said, it's it's horrific. No one, no one should should have to fear that. Now, I want to go back to what I was saying when I when you were saying about the the pictures with the hearts. I'm not, it, it must still be a thing now, but though I remember as a kid, you used to have posters up on the wall. Yeah, yeah. To me, when, when you're saying like the Stan accounts, I think it's just the next evolution because we've got the ability to post that to everyone. But how many people, you know, I'm sure in the past posters on the walls, people put pictures on those posters or I love this person or I love that person. I mean, I remember having posts. I used to like, you, you know, you used to go down to Woolworths and flick through the poster rack, then pick your, your poster out. I had Oasis. I had footballers. I had um, Danny Minogue, not Kylie. I had Danny Minogue. <laughs> and I had Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. So those are the posters I had on my wall. No, no. The only the only thing for me is this is what I mean. I, for me, I think well, I've never been, in, I, if I'm being perfectly honest, I don't think I've ever been, you know, had, had a fondness for any particular celebrity enough if that makes sense. However, I just, I I struggle sometimes to see where do you like blur the lines between what is healthy and what isn't healthy. That's kind of where it sits for me. Like where, where is the, the line that, that shouldn't be crossed. And you know what as well? I mean, when you look at it in reality, I just don't think, and I'm going to bring something separately into this. I don't think the press have helped. Oh, God, no. Uh, yeah, you and bring me to another point of mine. Yeah, I'm going to highlight that. That I've stolen again. <laughs> no, not stolen. That you've read my mind. 
and uh, next on next week's episode, we're going to do it on psychics. Um, and I remember distinctly there was a video, and this was Kanye West. And there were celebrities outside of his house. It was stupid o'clock in the morning. And I remember he comes out to get something from his car. And then he turns around. He's just like, what the fuck are you doing outside my house? It's 4 a.m. It's 4 a.m. And this is the thing. When you look at like you, you, even when you look at like celebrities in the press, the press are invading these people's spaces at airports, at their homes, waiting outside when they go for a haircut, when they go to the gym, they're waiting outside. So when you think about it, it promotes the ability for fans to turn around and exert that behavior because they're like, I would oppress are doing it and they get paid to do it. So it mm. should be fine if I wait outside this person's house, if I follow them down the street and wait for them to go into a shop, if I do this and if I do that. I think that that's another element. In yeah, reality. no, I agree. I agree. Really I've, hasn't helped. My, my line I've highlighted now and stop looking, well, you're going to have struggle now because I think that's pretty much it for what I had on my sheet, but <laughs> so many magazines I've got devoted to celebrity news. Celebrity news is a, is an industry of itself yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. And why? Why do we need to know? Or is it that the celebrity marketing machine is feeding that? But either way, it's like, why do we need to know what supermarket so and so has been to? Or, oh my god, turn to page five to find out where Madonna's bought her, you know, her, her latest car. What car she <laughs> drive? You know, you know. Do we do we need yeah, to know yeah. that now? There's obviously a market for it. And how many programs do you see like this? The celeb news, which is is more about who they're going out with now rather than what they're working on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more about the drama surrounding that person's life than what that person's actually doing. And and I think, again, it's true. That's the, like what you said, that's the problem. Because as well, when you talk about like the mags that are dedicated to celebrity news, I guarantee you, I, get, I could walk to WH Smith when it opens at seven o'clock in the morning, I could pick up a load of those magazines and I bet you you've got celebrities looking fucking miserable on the cover. And because they say, this person's stressed about this, this person's stressed about that. And it's legitimately someone walking their dog and they've snapped them probably at five o'clock in the morning when they can get away with walking their dog because nobody's going to be up to recognize them. <laughs> and I just think to myself, they create a story out of nothing as well. So it's like, if you caught me walking to work at seven <laughs> o'clock in the morning, I'd look fucking miserable. I'm, I'm laughing because there's two kind of stories. There is one of like, um, oh, we've snapped so-and-so out on a walk without knowing. No, they are they are made up to, you know, that, that is a post photo that isn't just a yeah, random yeah. happen chance. But yeah, the one you said, it's like, oh, oh my God, yeah, look how rough. Now, one of them was, um, one I saw recently was Matthew Perry, you know, Chandler from Friends. And it's like, oh, look how rough he is. Friends are worried. It's like, But it's like you said, yeah, they've caught him probably just going from the front door to the car. I don't look my best. Well, I don't look my best most of the day, but I don't look my best <laughs> if when I've just got, yeah, and I'm rushing to, to, to do the car. It's like people can look normal. Yeah, and it's all, yeah, yeah. it's almost like, oh, you know, look at this child. You look at what they look like now. What what's the story there? Shock horror. Someone's age. They've got older as times go by. What is the story? Yeah. What is the story with that? People get old. I hate to break it to you. I know you're young, Luke, but you're going to get older. <laughs> like Ricky Gervais once say, "Don't worry, we're all going to die one day, and there's no sequel." <laughs> <laughs> no sequel. Well, we'll discuss that in another episode. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> So I've had the thing where I bumped into a couple of celebrities and, and you, you know, you do get the bit of starstruck. They vary. So one was Noel Gallagher, who was absolutely someone I, you know, I adored at the time for the music wise. Oh, and, and this is it. Sorry, I'm jumping back. Do people become obsessed or, or, or become so entrenched? Because take music, for example, you listen to that 
sometimes in the most private of times or if you're yeah. sad you listen to a type of music so does that person singing resonate to certain emotions do you see what i mean it's like you listen to that in your car you're listening to that at night when you're in bed you know you're you're sometimes listening to it because something shit has happened and you want to forget about that so does that then start associating them with someone who who makes them happy and is taking care of them yeah yeah because it's almost like shared experiences like people when they hear music will turn around and say oh that song like speaks to me because they've lived an experience that i've lived if that yeah. makes sense and that's what makes people because they associate it with an emotion in their life yeah yeah i can get on board with that but I, but i think it's about realizing and and knowing the level so has there been a celebrity for you that's that's died and has upset your shit you? oh oh you know what okay okay i'm about to get i'm back to i'm about to get hella emotional now i just thought about <laughs> it okay so when i was young there's only one celebrity i've ever cried over when they died i was young to be fair and i can actually i'll find out how old i actually was obviously when i was young i was a huge fan of wwe oh yeah i know what you're gonna say yeah he knows wrong so i was 10 when this happened and i've obviously just given my age to everyone but fuck it i was 10 and i'll never forget i was upstairs in my room and mum my mum shouted up upstairs from downstairs and she turned around and she said oh loja i said yeah She's like, do you know that Eddie Guerrero's just died? And I went, what? Because obviously WWE, amazing thing for me. She went, yeah, Eddie Guerrero, the wrestler's just died. That was it, finished. I cried over that man. He was, because every Saturday I used to wake up, it was entertaining. I think it probably didn't help because I was young as well and I was so in love with WWE. I mean, I wouldn't have that reaction now with anything. But that was the one celebrity death that did actually get to me. And I'm, I'm going to we put it down to my about, age as to why well, it well, no, but No, but it, it doesn't, you know, it, it didn't have to be. I mean, we spoke about that recently, actually, didn't we? Because yeah, the thing yeah. is, the thing about him as well was as a, as a wrestler, as a character, he was like really fun, wasn't he? It was yeah, the, yeah, the whole yeah. lie cheat steal. He was like, yeah. the, almost like the cartoon bigger than life character. And, yeah, yeah. you know, I'll never forget the, was it, at, I, I don't know if it was WrestleMania, but where he won the title and there's that, ticker tape like the the mexican flag I yeah think yeah that's tape. it yeah yeah and it's just those images burn in on you um the one that affected me actually a little bit was um kurt cobain uh, oh, okay, yeah. that's the only one really that i remember kind of it's that classic where were you when you heard right and i remember yeah. I, I was working at, at the dad shop at the time and um and i remember because i'd only recently kind of really got into them loved the sound and then I remember at the time, because there was like the, the music papers, there was Enemy and Melody Maker. And I remember buying the papers. I guess like people now buy the tabloids when something happens Yeah. to read the stories about him. And I remember being really upset about it. And like I said, whether it was an age thing, I mean, I was in, I would have been in sort of the mid-teens, mid to late teens. So I'm not going to say I was young, but whether it was, uh, again, what I'm trying to say that at the time you latch onto a band and that music means something. And maybe it was a shock of it because, again, it's like, you know, the, the circumstance was quite shocking. So, but I think what I'm trying to say is, so Eddie Guerrero's affected you, Kirk Bain's affected me, mine. But you kind of realise that the, these are sad events, but you wouldn't then if you if you met him or he, say, say you know, you, you're, you were meeting him and he didn't want to take too much time to take a photo you wouldn't go the other extent and go mental at yeah. him i think like i said we've been talking for over an hour now and i think you could probably talk for 
another two hours to um say this but there was another one i've got a couple of um did want to have a couple of funny things before i finish it <laughs> the other the other celebrity i bumped into was uh, do you know rick stein the chef oh yeah yeah <laughs> this is a funny one i say funny because he was really nice it was on holiday and we we were in we were literally in the middle of nowhere and someone said um do you see that guy over there in the pink shirt? He goes, doesn't he look like that chef? And the thing is, um, he was doing a, it was in the deep South American. He was doing a food program on the deep South. I forget. There was then, there was like three or four of us British tourists over there. We just made a beeline to him. And he did look like a deer in the headlights. Cause I think all of a sudden he's in the <laughs> middle of nowhere, literally in the middle of nowhere. And then all of a sudden these people start descending on it. And, and he was like, he was like frightened. Cause he's like, who are they? Why are they running towards me? <laughs> okay. I will ask you one thing. Well, I'm going to ask you two things. That's a lie. I lied to you, Lee. Um, I'm sorry. First one, if you met someone now, who would be the one person that would make you go starstruck? You missed one of your faves as well by five minutes once, didn't you? When you were oh, running. oh my God. Yeah. Okay. I'll tell you what then. What I'll do is I'll tell this. I'll tell you what. Should I answer the question first or tell the story first? Well, is it the same person? No, it's not. Okay, well, no, well, tell you what, answer the question, then tell your story. Okay, I think if I could only pick one celeb to meet and that I'd be starstruck. Yeah. Okay. Or, or who, it, would... it doesn't have to be one, but say tomorrow you walked out your front door or you went to work and you bumped into this person and you would be lost for words. Who would it be? Eminem. Would oh, have really? To be Eminem. Really? Yeah, Eminem. yeah, 100%. Do you know what it is? Is because um, my mum used to play me Eminem when I was a child because it was the only artist that used to make me fall asleep. Um, and so, well, as a result, yeah, yeah, I know. It explains why I swear so much now. Explains a lot, right? Yeah. Well, well um, done, sis. Yeah. It, it will. It will get to a point where you just stop cutting out any expletives from me because you can't be bothered. <laughs> However, um, it would be Eminem, and I think that that's just because I've always really liked the music, even the crap music I've liked. This is again going to be. A, this is. A, do you know when people say an unpopular opinion, but it's actually a really popular um, opinion? This is an unpopular opinion. That's an unpopular opinion relapse my favorite eminem album and everyone thinks it's dog shit and i thought it was brilliant but even the terrible stuff i've liked and i think he'd be one person that if i was stood in front of him, I'd be like, what, what do i say what do i say yeah, yeah that, no that's fair enough that's fair enough that's uh eminem if you're listening come on the show yeah yeah 100 percent. drop me a follow on twitter would love it you and tom cruise in the gang <laughs> I'm not sure now, I'm going to be honest, that was an unfair question I asked you. There was one, I'm not going to say I met them because it was on that same trip I was on where we stayed, there was the um, the opportunity to go see B.B. Um, King. He would do a sort of show in his home or near his hometown every year. And it was like, basically, it was like in a park. It wasn't like in a, in a theatre auditorium or whatever. And we as a group got to go. The tour guide was an American guy. So we, you know, I would never not take up the opportunity to go do something like that. And towards, we got there towards the end because it was a bit of a journey. Anyway, long story short, we, we got in, caught the end of his set. And then at the end, people were sort of going up to the stage trying to shake his hand. And I, I remember wanting to, but being that classic, no, no, I'm not going to make a fool of myself. And I remember felt these hands in my back it was Renata pushing me to the, you know my, my girlfriend pushing me to the front and I got to shake his hand and for the rest of the night I couldn't stop talking about it uh, you know that was my proper starstruck moment was to to kind of see BB King and, and 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 shake his hand so I think I've had my moment and you know I don't I don't regret it, it was brilliant <laughs> I just wanted to say, because it's a little bit disappointing, because I've never actually, if I'm being perfectly honest, ever met any celebrities. 
I, I know that that's really that's actually really really quite sad. I mean, I was in a club when Tim Westwood performed. Um, like he, you know. Well, the he, thing he is, how many lonely. have you? But you've just not noticed. Well, one of the, I'll tell you what, my my claim to fame. I can't remember what airport it was. I think it was Heathrow, and um, I paid for parking at the car park next to Heston Blumenthal. Oh, there you go. There I, you I, go. I, I, I went up to the machine and I was paying for parking. And I just turned to my right and just this bald dude with glasses. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Hold so you have met a celebrity then. <laughs> and then I just turned to my right again and looked at him and he was like maybe less than a couple of feet away from me because it was just two machines next to each other. So you have it met a celebrity. Blumenthal. I was just like, wow, I didn't say anything. I was just like, cool, fair enough. I don't know what I'd say to him, but you know. <laughs> I, had, I had a funny, another funny round of story. I went to the cinema once with Pete, who I mentioned from the last episode. Oh, yeah, 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 Pete. We'll have to get Pete on. And we were in the queue, and I just happened to look to the queue next to me, and there were three people from EastEnders at the time in that queue. <laughs> <laughs> so for people, uh, EastEnders is uh, like one of the big soaps over here, a long running. And I remember looking around at the time, because I thought, is this a storyline? Have they come to the Galleria Cinema <laughs> to, to kind of part of a storyline? <laughs> So, so that's it, really. The, the ones I say I've, I've, I've bumped into would be, yeah, it was Rick Stein, Noel Gallagher. Yeah, three. But I didn't say anything to them because I, th- those ones. And oh, and I got a photo with Carol Vorderman when I was uh, um, the guard. Uh, what is it? The Chelsea Flower Show. She was. Oh, very nice. Carol Vorderman's pretty much like a pretty big British icon. And she was lovely. She was lovely. I, I, she, I always got her in trouble because she was, she was talking to me. She was late because she was presenting there. She was almost <laughs> late to do her next segment. <laughs> But go on, I, I've got one more question I want to finish on, but tell us your, your near miss, which would have, I know, would have made your day. Okay, so obviously earlier I discussed how I really used to love WWE. And even into my time at uni, I really enjoyed WWE. Um, I don't know whether or not I can release where I went to uni. Is that too much personal info? Oh, you don't have to, anyway. Uh, okay, it doesn't matter anyway. I went to uni in Nottingham, Okay. And I was still into WWE, me and my flatmates, we used to watch the pay-per-views because what we used to do is we used to create an account for the free three months or whatever that you used to get on WWE and then use it to watch the pay-per-views. <laughs> and I went out, we obviously used to go out pretty much every night, it was atrocious, but there was always a kebab shop uh, that we used to stop at, shout out to Trent Kebabs, um, <laughs> and I used to stop there religiously for some cheesy <laughs> chips or chips with gravy oh, on them, whatever it chips. might be. And I remember walking in, and I can't remember because I must have had conversations with the blokes in there that had owned this shop about WWE. And evidently, it must have told to how much I really still liked WWE at the time that I've just had a chat with kebab shop owners about it. I walked in, and this is probably like, you know, half one um, in the morning. And I walked in, and the guy immediately, as soon as he sees me, he's just like, hang on a minute. You'll never know who was in here five minutes ago. I was like, what do you mean? He was just like, Chris Jericho and Bret Hart were in here oh, five right. minutes ago. And I turned around and I went, nah, I was like, shut up. What do you mean Chris Jericho and Bret Hart were in here five minutes ago? No word of a lie. This guy pulls his phone out and shows me a picture of him shaking hands with Chris Jericho across the counter. And then a picture of Bret Hart stood in front of his counter as well separately. And I literally broke down i thought if i'd have not just had the last drink why did i listen to one more song i missed them by that much 
turns out they were in Nottingham for do you know like one of those shows it where they the, were touring all over tour, the world, wasn't it? Yeah, it was I English could tour. not believe it. I, I remember screaming down the phone at you when you told me because I was gutted that you hadn't seen them because yeah, that would that would have been amazing. I remember being so disappointed for you. I couldn't believe it. I would have asked Bret Hart to put me in a sharpshooter. <laughs> yeah, no, you <laughs> just in the middle like... of the kebab shop. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly take the picture now. <laughs> like, <quick. laughs> oh, I couldn't. Couldn't believe it. Right, let's 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 wrap up. But I do want to ask you now. I've obviously had time to think about this, so if you want me to go first, I will. But have you got a few, three or four celebrities that if you could meet, bump into, and they gave you like ten minute, half hour for a chat? Who who would you who would you want? So I say three or four. Okay, well I tell you what, we'll do. Th- yeah, we'll do four. So Eminem has to be one. Okay, yeah, That's for reasons discussed. Yeah, my second one, <laughs> my second one, I would probably say Rowan Atkinson. Okay, 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 Mr. Yeah, Bean, yeah. because yeah, yeah. he was such a huge part of my childhood, and I'd love to see what he's like because I've seen interviews with him, and he seems to be really lovely, beautifully well spoken, very posh, obviously, <laughs> and I feel like he'd be a great use of ten minutes. I feel like you'd have a good laugh, and you'd come away feeling positive. Johnny English himself, yeah. Johnny English. The third one, well, it depends what character you get him in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The third one, I would probably say Elon Musk. Okay, okay. And that's only because basically one of the richest people in the world, space travel, would love to see perspective on just like life in general because I feel like he thinks like a person that isn't human almost. Like he thinks so far out. Yeah. Because of the the money that he's got access to, the technology that he's got access to, and what he wants to do for humanity, he's like a hundred years ahead. And my last one this is a bit selfish because it's just because I've got a bit of a crush on them. Uh, okay. Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> oh, okay, 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 okay. Um, and that's just because I just think that the bloke's brilliantly good looking. <laughs> the thing is, he just comes across as just a fun person and this is going to be the theme of mine he just looks like a fun person to hang out with i will definitely take uh eminem and rowan atkinson from your list i think they're really good choices rowan atkinson especially i mean for me it goes back as far as black adder as well i mean what a class show that was <laughs> okay for mine mine are a bit random as well but i'll start with the obvious one it would be liam gallagher uh, we mentioned, oh, I think yeah, we said yeah. that in, in the social media. <laughs> I just absolutely would. Oh, yeah, I would love to um to just have a chat with him. He's just great. You know, one from the music, obviously, perspective, but two also. And the way sometimes he comes across, I'd just love to spend half an hour with him. The guy, the guy's just brilliant. <laughs> the second one, do you know Noel Fielding? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I love the Mighty Boosh and also, um, you know, the Bake Off. I, I can't remember how I said it, but I love the Great British Bake Off. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm saying it. I love it. And this series, for those watching, it's so exciting. It's the semi-final next week at time of recording. The reason for, for wanting to see him is he just looks like he'd just be really fun. You know, just yeah, the way yeah. his brain works, kind of that my sense of, my, my kind of, of, of humour. So I'd love to, um, to spend a, like, have a night out with him. You see how it's gone from 10 minutes to spending a night out with these people. <laughs> the next one would be Tom Hanks. Oh, that's a really good shout because the bloke's probably just so nice. 
I, I think the guy is just everything he's done from his early like comedies to, to kind of some of the, you know, the really hard hitting films he's done. He's directing it. He's written a couple of great books. He just comes across as really nice. And, and like I said, the stories he's probably got, I would just love to to kind of with him. I probably need to spend a week with him to, to get <laughs> to get all those stories out. So tell me, what was your inspiration for Woody? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. And the last one, again, kind of on the randomness, would be um, Madonna. Oh, okay. Being a huge music fan and growing up, you know, obviously my sister, you, you know, your mum used to like listening to Madonna. I mean, I, I, I enjoyed a lot of the Madonna stuff over the years. And again, just kind of how she sometimes is seen in the press. I would just love to actually speak to, to the real person and, and just yeah. hear some of the stories and just see the reality. Just like you, I think you said with Elon Musk, it'd be yeah, yeah. the reality. And I reckon she'd have some interesting stuff to say. Yeah, because Madonna's always been one that's been portrayed as being a little bit mad, isn't she? Yeah, especially more recently, I think. Yeah. But you look at the way she always kind of seemed to reinvent herself over yeah. time to keep herself modern i think i think, you know i think it's brilliant and uh, yeah i definitely like a couple of couple of her albums slightly harder one is there a celebrity no longer with us that you would like to have, have met oh that's good and this can be from any kind of field sport acting yeah 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 i think if it was somebody not alive then i would probably say muhammad ali okay yeah yeah, yeah. just because like the cultural significance, the sporting significance. I feel like that would be a great conversation. You probably wouldn't get a word in edgeways because he used to speak so quickly as well. But I think that he'd be a prime <laughs> yeah. person to have a conversation with. Yeah, yeah. I, Who I, would yours be? That, do you know what? I asked it, but I had never thought, I hadn't thought of it. But it'd probably be, um, I don't want to say Kirk Bain because I mentioned that mentioned him earlier but on a similar similar vein would be i think maradona yeah 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 i just think again to see the reality definitely want to go on a night out with maradona <laughs> yeah you know again i think because he's one of those people that in okay it's in sport almost has become more than what he was do you, do you know what i mean it's like he i mean he was an absolutely amazing footballer so i'm not saying that you know he became far bigger than the sport itself yeah, there's there's always been a couple of celebrities that are stuck in my mind. I know that we're running up to one and a half hours. So I'll wrap <laughs> yeah, so we'll need to wrap this up. <laughs> now. Yeah. There's a couple of people that I've always thought who have to, to achieve like absolute superstar status when it comes to sport, you do have to be bigger than what you did. So Erton Senna when it comes to F1, yeah, yeah, like your Roger Federer's when it comes to tennis, your Usain Bolt's when it comes to sprinting, like they are superstars of what yeah, they do yeah. because they are actually bigger than the industry that they worked in. The reason why I wanted to kind of ask those questions towards the end, there was a reason as well. So like, you know, talking about who we'd want to meet. So, let, you know, we, we've said at the start about manipulation and things like that, but having celebrities isn't a bad thing in and of itself. You know, they, they, they there is a lot that they bring, you know what I mean? And especially yeah, the ones yeah. we've mentioned, look at the, like the bodies of work and like the, the enjoyment they're bringing. I just think it's a really fascinating subject and we'll probably, we could even come back to it at some point because there's a lot to say and there's always something going on. Maybe we should. Maybe if we ever meet celebrities or anything like that, or do have interactions with celebrities, we could like touch base back with this subject again. Yeah, well, that's why I said. So those we mentioned at the end, yeah, get in touch, please. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a pretty. Good, I think that was a pretty good subject. I think there is a lot to talk about, but we're going to have to cut it because it's an hour and a half. And if you've been patiently with us throughout this period of time, I'd like to thank you because this is our longest <laughs> one yet. But it was a great subject. I think we've been pretty good this one. Um, as always, uh, pop us a tweet. 
at Casting Views. Pop us an email at Casting Views Pod. I think it'd be a good if we ask people to tweet at us like the, the biggest celebrity that they've met, maybe. Yeah, definitely. Or definitely a celebrity that you'd love to meet would also probably be another good one. And again, as usual, we'll finish off by saying we know there's many a podcast to choose, but we thank you for watching Casting Views. I got that wrong. <laughs> oh, oh, that's it. <laughs> Cut, cut. What what he wanted to say was, we know there's a lot of podcasts from which you could choose, so we thank you for listening to Casting Views.